This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to have the opportunity to be here again and uh, to see the life of the church and what the Lord is doing here. Uh, I was here, I was trying to figure out this morning, talking to my wife probably 22 years ago, a long time ago. Neil Norheim was the minister here at that time, and I did a seminar, I remember, and uh, not, not blowing smoke this morning. The one thing I said to my wife was, I remember the warmth of the people at that church. Uh, how warm they were and uh, the reception I had. It's wonderful to be able to be back uh, representing uh, TCMI Institute. I know that uh, you know, probably have heard that name and know a little bit about us, but probably most of you here today saying, yeah, uh, we'd love to hear more about this ministry and exactly what, what does it do and who, who, are, who, who are you. Uh, my name is David Roadcup. I, we actually live in Florence, Kentucky, just right across the river from Cincinnati, and uh, drove up last night and uh, stayed. My wife, uh, 54 years, Karen, is with me also, and uh, glad to have her uh, 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 along and uh, enjoying our time here together. Uh, so TCM, exactly what is TCM? It actually stands for Taking Christ to the Millions Institute. And we are a graduate seminary located in Vienna, Austria. We're right outside Vienna, just a few miles. And uh, the campus there was purchased in 1973 by Gene Doolin. Some of you uh, may have heard his name way in the past. And he began going over in the early 70s, ministering to the people of the former Soviet satellite countries. Uh, he would go over, and uh, Russia was, after World War II, was in control of all the small countries over there. And uh, we would take food and medicine and blankets, um, Bibles, smuggle Bibles in uh, to them. And when the wall came down, all of our purpose went away. Uh, everything we were providing, other than the leadership training we were doing with the leaders of the church over there. And when the wall came down, we said to the leaders that we were very close to, uh, you know, should we pack up and go home? I mean, everything we're doing, you pretty much have access now to everything. And they said, you know, we do, but the one thing we don't have access to is the high quality of leadership training you're providing all of us all of these years. And they said, here's what we need if you want to know. We need a seminary that is accredited in the United States and can be accredited here uh, to come over and just train our men and women and how to lead the church. So long story short, uh, the Lord was able to put all that together. We did receive accreditation from the HLC here in the United States, which is the uh, highest government accreditation that you can get and uh, uh, opened for business over there. Uh, the wonderful, wonderful news is that uh, we had a year and a half ago, 1,500 students from about 40 different countries. In the last year and a half, and none of us can figure out what's going on other than it's the Lord very much so. In the last year and a half, we have grown to over 1,600 students from 55 different countries. Uh, we opened Africa about a year ago, and that's just going incredibly well. Recently, we just had a contact from India where our brotherhood, the restoration movement, has a huge number of churches and organizations. They have no graduate schools to train their men over there and, men and women in terms of ministry. So they've contacted us saying, would you come here also and be the primary training school to develop professors for our Bible colleges, to train our preachers how to preach and do evangelism and do discipleship, 
and organize their churches, to work with our elders. Uh, and so right now we're in process of put, pulling together an MOU uh, to open up a relationship with, uh, with India as well. The amazing thing also is that every student who enrolls at TCM, uh, we find we have to raise about $3,000 per student per year. Uh, to be able to do what we do. Many, many, many of the students from the former Soviet satellite block countries um, are, are really struggling financially. I have a number of my students who tell me they get paid once a, once, a, uh, once a month, and the last week of the month they are hustling like crazy to try to find groceries for their wife and, and three kids. Every student we ask to pay, we ask every student to pay something for every class they take. It's 130 euros per class. And uh, I know that this last summer I was involved in a situation where the students were asked to pay five euros, you know, because we knew that they didn't have anything at all to pay, to take classes, and we didn't want that to stop them from, from getting in. And so, but we make them pay something to have skin in the game, even if it's just a little, for sure. So that's a little bit about what we do. Men and women called into the ministry by the Lord. We have a lot of elders attend our classes, a lot of lay people. And our only one singular focus is to train men and women to lead the church biblically and as effectively as they possibly can to fulfill the Great Commission. Uh, the, the, that's, our, that's our only job. And I'd uh, love to have you come and visit us. I'll talk about this more a little later in the message, but I'd love to have you come and visit us sometime in, uh, in Vienna. And I'd love to have your presence there. Uh, I'll tell you more as we go through some slides a little later on, but I did want to begin with just kind of an overview, an umbrella, uh, encompassing everything I wanted to share with you today. And I know that many of us here have heard many, many sermons through the years on the Great Commission. And some of us have taught on it before ourselves. We memorized it, whatever. But what I would like to do is just get up, uh, get up at 33,000 feet over the life of the church and get our uh, headlights on high beam and look down the road about exactly what we're being called to do when, when it comes to our Lord and Savior and what His expectations are for us. This is, of course, the Great Commission from Matthew 28. Verses 18 through 20, and in that particular section of Scripture, Jesus is, has completed his mission on earth, and he is now ready to ascend to his heavenly Father. And of course, in Matthew, his very last words are these. Matthew writes and says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, the 120 who were there in front of him, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and continuing to teach them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I think in these verses, there are three pieces that we want to take a look at just briefly today. First of all, of course, I simply call this the power to reach the world. If God is calling us to disciple the nations, to go into all the world, disciple the lost, how are we supposed to do that? Well, Jesus begins by saying this. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. I want us to stop for just a moment and think about what Jesus said there. You know, there, there is no authority on earth or heaven like Jesus Christ. Sometimes we think about power and we think about to being overwhelmed by a storm or a good, good illustration I like to use. It's a very simple one, but I had the chance to uh, teach at Atlanta Christian College for eight years. 
a number of years ago, and I planted a new church in a place called Peachtree City, Georgia, which is just south of the airport. It's a planned community that was built mainly for airline personnel. So our church grew dramatically. We were running about 1,000. We had 27 Delta pilots in our church. <laughs> that was really incredible. These guys are F-16 pilots, you know, military. Um, uh, they're, they're, it's like, like a, you put, put them in a Bible study, it's like a stable full of stallions. I kid you not. They're all, you know, uh, smart, uh, ready to move out at the drop of a hat. Just great, great guys. I still stay in contact with many of those men. I called one of them about two years ago, and I said, David, tell me, describe for me the largest jet engine on any plane made. What is, uh, all, all manufacturers, what is the largest jet engine? And he said, Dave, we all know what it is. It's the 300-777 GE engine series, which will uh, create 115,000 pounds of thrust. He said that the inner diameter of the engine is 11 feet tall, you know, which is about four or five feet taller than I am. He said they, they plug a couple of those into, into a body and they can take, I think it's 375 in terms of people, all the staff, all the, all the crew, all the luggage, uh, uh, all the cargo, everything, and effortlessly fly over the Atlantic Ocean to London. Uh, they're they're so, so powerful. And I thought to myself, that, that is a form of power, you know, the most powerful engine on earth. Very interesting. But of course, you know as well as I do that compared to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and his ruling over the universe, the great power that Jesus Christ has is just absolutely awesome. Just continue, continue, continuing to think about that. Scripture says that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. You know, the great God of all gods. I always think about that when I read Colossians, the first chapter. There are a couple of verses in the first chapter of Colossians that talk about Jesus and his, his awesome power. Well, let me just review this with you for just a moment. Colossians 1:15 through 17, Paul writes and says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Of the invisible God that we can't see, that spirit. Jesus is the image of that God. We can see him. The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Which means, brothers and sisters, that everything in the universe as we know it was created originally by Jesus Christ. He was the architect. He created it. And we think about our, the big blue marble, about the, the, the planet we all live on. Just go here with me for a moment. It is hanging out totally in midair with another body moving around it and just perfectly, perfectly functioning for, for, for millennium after millennium. Right now, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that there are literally trillions of stars out there in hundreds of thousands, thousands of galaxies. I just read an article probably about six months ago about the fact that uh, scientists using the new telescope now, the Hubble has been, you know, has been set aside. There's a brand new one that's much more effective. And what they found in one place of the universe is there is a black hole out there and belching out of the black hole are thousands and thousands and thousands of new planets, brand new. They've never been tracked before. And no one has any idea what's going on there. 
Where are these planets coming from? How are they being made? It's just an amazing, amazing uh, thing to think about. Well, let me just tell you this today. Truly, it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a Christian. I kid you not. It, it truly does. So people say, where are all of these hundreds of thousands of new planets being created? All Where are those coming from? Paul says, I can tell you where they're coming from. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the architect behind all of that. And then, then look at verse 17. It says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. It's amazing, isn't it? And did you know that when there is an eclipse and the sun is up there and the moon is coming across the sun, that when the moon comes in the range of the sun, it is perfectly sized just to block out exactly the rays of the sun. Perfectly. But, but and that was just a coincidence, though, really, that that, that, that happened. Let, just look at this. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Here's what we know. Here is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the architect of the universe, sitting at the control panel, running the entire universe like a finely tuned Swiss watch. And that, that's our king. That, that is our Jesus. Amazing. And Jesus is on Mount of Olives. He's speaking to his disciples, and he says to them, I have directions now that I want to give you as I've finished my work here. You're set up. You're going to be taking it beyond what I ever did. And, uh, and, and I'm getting ready to go back to the Father. He says this, three things. First of all, he says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's number one. Make disciples of all nations. J just a word about this. When Jesus says make disciples, if you go back to the original language that the Bible was written in, go back to Greek, we know that his, his word here about making disciples is in the imperative tense. In other words, Jesus is not saying, as I'm leaving now to go back home, I want to suggest that you consider something. You know, He doesn't say, I, I'd like to maybe make, uh, make, give you an idea that you might want to contemplate. As followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus raises himself up in all of his kingly authority, and he says, I am giving you a command as my followers. Here's the command. Go into all the nations and make disciples of everyone from all of those nations. So we know, brothers and sisters, what, what our directions are, what Jesus is asking us to do. It is to go into the world and lead as many people as we possibly can to the cross of Jesus Christ. Strengthen them in their faith. Going in the name of Jesus as we bring salvation to each one of them. So it's a wonderful thing to understand that our duty, our job, our work as individuals and as a church is to simply lead people to Christ, to disciple them into the faith. He goes on then and he says, not only should you disciple them, but I want you to baptize them also as part of their salvation process. And after baptizing them, then the important thing is that you continue to teach them. Help them to grow up in their faith and to become stronger and to become mature so they can, they can step into the ranks and do exactly what I've asked all of you to do. So Jesus says, go into, the, the, go into all the nations and disciple them, baptize them, continue to teach them. That's the plan to reach the world. And then the promise to believe as we reach the world is this. Jesus says, and lo, I am with you always. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The great period 
placed at the end of time. Jesus says, that is going to happen. And he says, I will be with you to that very moment. Now, just an interesting detail here you might, you might enjoy hearing. When he says here in the Greek, and lo, I am with you always, this is also in the imperative tense. It's to be translated like this. Jesus says, and he says, and, and lo, he says, lo, I, I am with you always. I am always with you in every situation. Don't ever question whether you have my presence in your heart or not. I am with you always. It should be translated just like that. So there are actually two imperatives in those verse, in those verses. As Jesus tells us to go into all the world, disciple the nations, baptize them, continue to teach them the deeper things of the faith. And as you are on that journey, and as you're representing me, and as you're working for me, just understand this. Don't ever doubt it. Don't ever doubt me. I will always be with you. Brothers and sisters, I'm sure that you know that Jesus, because of his overwhelming love for you, is concerned about every detail of your life. Do you know that? Satan will come to us using guilt, using shame, do everything he can to stop us from connecting with Jesus at that level. But Jesus says, I am always with you and I am concerned about every detail of your life. Just so important for us to know the wonderful parts of the Great Commission here. So when we know what our, uh, what our goals are supposed to be from what Jesus asked us to do, the committee here at the church has asked me to now weave in the idea of how TCM is helping individuals and churches actually accomplish the Great Commission with as much effectiveness as possible. We're going to turn on a few slides here. And I'm sorry, I need to turn my, uh, turn my back here so I can watch them. I'm so, I apologize to you over here on this side. Uh, just beginning, a little bit about the background of TCM. We did begin originally, as I mentioned, in 1957. 1991, we morphed at the request of all of our European partners into a, an accredited graduate school training men and women simply to do ministry. I'd like to just show you a little bit of our campus here. This is located uh, right outside. We can go ahead and move on. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, this is located right outside of, uh, of Vienna, Austria. You get on a plane here in the U.S. and uh, fly to Europe and just fly right into Vienna. We're about 18 miles uh, southwest of Vienna. Uh, our whole campus, 17 acres of land, located right in the beautiful Vienna, Vienna woods. It's a very, very beautiful setting. <clears throat> this is the valley we're located in, and we're at the top of this picture there, that whole area there, again, about 17 acres. Uh, you can see uh, various aspects of the campus. This is very frequently done. Pictures. This is a, a patron saint over there, uh, some gentleman who is very famous. Uh, I should really have known his name. Uh, this, is the, this is the big house. We call this house Edelweiss. This was uh, purchased back in uh, the late, the early 70s by Gene Doolin, and wonderful groups from the U.S. came and, uh, and helped, fix, helped fix it up, and it's a beautiful, beautiful part of our campus now. We actually do have a swimming pool on campus. Um, one of our patrons came and looked at the campus and said, this is very beautiful. He said, I actually have a swimming pool company, and I'd like to donate a swimming pool to TCM. And we said, well, you know, thank you so much. You know what we really need? We need software. <laughs> That's what we desperately need. We could get by without a pool. And he said, no, I'd, I'd like to just make it a pool. And we said, okay, uh, really, if that's what you want, we'll put a pool in. We call this the largest baptistry in Europe because we, we, we baptize bunches of our students who come every year. They come and maybe we're sprinkled, maybe have never been baptized, and we just go ahead and, and book of Acts, 
And here you go, you know, and, uh, and it's wonderful. We have beautiful stained glass in one of our dining rooms. This is uh, St. George slaying the dragon, as you can see through the different colors of glass there. Um, a little bit about our campus. This is a beautiful koi pond we have, which we really enjoy. Kids like to hang out down there quite a bit. Then also uh, other, camp, other pictures of just um, parts of the campus. It's a very beautiful campus, very well maintained. Um, wonderful thing about our, we can go ahead and move on. One of, our, one of the things that I love about our, our uh, ministry is that we're totally debt-free. Uh, we're very, very careful with our money. We don't know one cent to anyone. Uh, and uh, and uh, that's, I'm, I'm very proud of our leadership team for managing our ministry in that way. I wanted to take a minute and just talk to you about our students for just a moment. Uh, I just wish that I had 10 of them here today, that you could see them, talk to them, interact with them. They, they, are, they are wonderful. They are sharp, 55 different countries. I had a class three years ago, and in the class, 22 students, I had 11 different languages. 11 languages in one class. You say, how do you do that? Well, about two-thirds of them were fluent in English. And I had a Russian interpreter, and I had a Hungarian interpreter back in a, in a, back in a, a soundproof booth and kids with microphones, and we were able to work it out without too much of a problem. These are classes that uh, I've had through the years. This one was in Moldova, and uh, great, great group of people there. Uh, I think may, these were mainly uh, uh, from Poland, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And so you can kind of see the groups of kids we have. All of these are kids who are in ministry or going into ministry or elders in the churches. Sometimes there, there are lay people who come, which we warmly welcome. Another, there's another group from Poland here as well. And um, so give you a little bit of a feel of the classroom, uh, our teaching, uh, what, what goes on. The way we deliver our classes is kind, of, is kind of unique. If you signed up to become a student, by the way, we have brought TCM to the United States. Uh, so you can take a degree in leadership ministry uh, through TCM. What we do is we ask a student to enroll. Uh, they're, they're accepted as a student. And then you choose your degree program and then sign up for your first class. And let's say it's, uh, the first class you would take normally is the one I teach called Discipleship Methods. deals with spiritual formation and how to disciple. And uh, you would do 90 hours of work online first and then meet me in Phoenix or Indianapolis or Cincinnati, meet me for a four-day face-to-face seminar. And we would meet together. Normally, we, we rent a Jesuit retreat center, and we ask you to come and stay all night there with us. We want four full days together where we study together all day. We eat every meal together. I'll sleep in the same facility, and we have wonderful activities in the evening where we have, we have a bonfire one night, we have a great worship service one evening, and uh, the reason we do it that way is that we don't want to just convey content to you, just give you information about being a better, a better leader in the church. We want you to get to know us and know our heart. We want to minister to your heart in, in the name of Jesus Christ and challenge you to grow in your faith challenge you to get your roots more deeply embedded in Jesus Christ and learn from us, not only from our lectures, but also from just having dinner together and uh, making s'mores out by the campfire. You know, remember Plato said, I can learn more about a man from one hour of play than I can from a year of lectures. And, and that's why we do that. You know, we want to spend time with you in addition to just sharing content. And then you, uh, uh, you do the uh, face-to-face time together, take your final exam if the prof requires one, and then you've got your first three-hour graduate uh, class in leadership ministry. We offer a um, certificate, 
which is one half of a master's degree. You actually don't need a bachelor's degree to, to sign up and take that, that course of study. So we'd love to have all of you pick up literature out on our table about that as well. More about our students here. We'll go through just a few extra slides. Here's a, a couple of slides on our worship service. The kids come in on Thursday. We start class Friday, go through the next Wednesday. We take the whole day of Sunday off. This is at House Edelweiss. We have a beautiful worship service. We'll have maybe 120 people there, kids from all kinds of different countries. We ask one group if they will lead the music. And then we ask another group if they'll do communion. And then another group to give a personal testimony and uh, just, just have the different people from different countries do the different parts of the service. One of the things I, I love about this is the tune to the old rugged cross, you know that tune, of course, the tune to the old rugged cross, almost every country in the world uses that same tune. So we almost always sing that, and it's amazing to be standing there, and you hear four different languages all singing the old rugged cross, you know, just kind of a little bit of a foretaste of what it's going to be to be around the throne of God someday, and then have all of us up there, up there doing that. Uh, they have a professor preach uh, on Sunday mornings normally, or a guest speaker of some kind, and, uh, and a couple of other worship uh, uh, slides here maybe we also have. We go ahead and just slip to those as well. Yeah, this is kind of what the uh, PowerPoint looks like. I think this is um, uh, uh, maybe, maybe I don't know if that's German or Swiss or what that is, but, um, but this is what it looks like. We, and it's interesting, the, the, the uh, tunes of the songs all fit, and people, are, people seem to get their words in there. A couple of other worship things we'll show you. Um, this, this group is leading worship from one country, and then we have communion servers from another country. And, uh, uh, and we can go ahead and, f- and flip through these, uh, these worship slides uh, for sure. So I want you to see our, um, see our students, see the worship service we have, our classes and all. And then coming down to the end, uh, there's a spe- especially a couple of different slides I really wanted you to see. Um, in terms of the volunteers, I want to take just a minute and explain to you about the volunteer ministry we have. When we have our services uh, when we have our classes, there are 15 different class sessions from the middle of March until the middle of November, 15 of those. We'll have 80, 90, 100 students come in for, for that. We need a lot of help pulling those off in terms of uh, meals and, and housekeeping. So we invite 20 to 25 Americans to fly over to our campus and work with us there for a 10-day period. It's 12 days altogether, a travel day on either end. You come to the campus for 10 days. Once you get to the Vienna airport, uh, we pick you up there and we provide everything that you need, all of your room, uh, board, housing, all of that. We, uh, n- not souvenirs. We probably have you pay for your own souvenirs. Uh, we will take everybody to downtown Vienna for a whole day on Tuesday. And just do downtown Vienna, and it, it's a breathtaking city. It really is. Kids come in then, and uh, and we start. Uh, the various things are: you would be placed on a team, and you would do meal prep, uh, housekeeping, library, yard and garden maintenance. There's some kind of a team like that, and you'd be assigned to one of those teams, and then you would work with us all week long as the class is going on. Classes are going on, and just be part of that. You'd be given a prayer partner. A student from somewhere would be your prayer partner. And if you speak different languages, there's almost always an interpreter around. Or I'm amazed at how much you can communicate just, just by hand motions and smiling and, and, uh, and whatever. So we'd, and we'd invite you to do that. We know right now also that um, many, many churches are still gun-shy 
about coming to, uh, about going overseas. So for the summer of 23 and the summer of 24, we actually have many, many open places for people to serve. Normally from one church, there's a group of six, maybe eight come and work with us. And uh, let me just say, you are invited to come next summer to Vienna and work with us for a session. We, we would love to have you. I could probably just direct you to your preacher about that. I've been talking to him about it. And if you want to come and be with us, really just keep that in mind. That would be, that'd be super. Here's the dining room. We have three dining rooms now to handle the crowds that are in our classrooms. And then a couple of other slides here as we come down to the end. There were a couple I want you to see, especially our average age has now lowered. Our average age of our students is 34. Uh, which is a little different. Many times it's a little higher, but uh, but that's what the Lord is leading to us right now. You see the average monthly income. They do struggle financially, and uh, so we help them in every way we can. Uh, moving on then, just a couple of other things. Uh, I'm real pr- really proud of this slide. You can see uh, the ministries that our students are involved in. Um, uh, over half of our students are preaching and planting churches. You know, I'm just really excited about that. The others then are all doing youth ministry, music ministry, uh, various missions of all kinds. But um, again, our whole heart is just to train men and women to be as effective in biblical leadership as they can in the life of the local church. One more slide that I think is very, very significant. Um, We can take a missionary couple and send them, let's say, to Indonesia. By the time they raise support, go to language school, you know, we might put out as much as $150,000 to prepare one couple to go. And right now, I'm sorry to say, the average missionary tenure of a couple going to the mission field is five years. I wish it was longer, you know, but they go for five years on the average and then then come home. Uh, What we do is we don't take our students out of their home countries. You know, they live in their home countries and they come to us and we have classes at the House Edelweiss. Many, many times, though, I will fly to another country and deliver a class there. This uh, year ago, this last summer, I was in uh, Sofia, Bulgaria for a week, and they had 20 students and had 10 area ministers who wanted to come and sit through the class. And I flew there, and they put the class together, and I just flew in and taught the class right there. We call that going in-country as well. So, uh, so that's all part of, the, of how the whole process unfolds. You know, seeing the fact that we operate in this manner, we don't take students out of their home, first of all, you know, and secondly, the fact that when they go back into their mission field, it's where they grew up. So there's no language training, no, no acculturation. They just go back and they are right there at home and they continue on in the ministries that they have. So that'll kind of give you a flavor of how we, how we operate and, and what goes on. I think it's very, very economical and we just try to use every single dollar that comes in uh, to make the biggest impact that we can. Let me mention that uh, it would be impossible for us to be doing the things we're talking about today without your help. You know, our greatest asset are our American partners who pray for us, um, who send financial help, who come over and, and work with us on our work teams. Uh, all of these are big pieces that help us do, do what, we're, what we're hoping to do. I know that um, we're skimming the top here today, but if I can give you a flavor of TCM, the amazingly exciting things that God is doing right now, uh, it's, it's just, just really a, an, an unbelievable 
open door for us in terms of the gospel and reaching the goals that the Lord has really given us. Uh, my wife and I will be out at the table, uh, our display table afterward. I just want to mention a couple of other things. Please come by and pick up a couple of pieces of literature, which would really give you a good overview. Also, right now, TCM is working with ICOM, our National Missionary Convention, and with a group called Discipleship.org. This is a group out of Nashville, Tennessee, from the Christian Church, who is really making every effort to help our churches learn to disciple people who are in the churches. Um, we three organizations are working together on starting a, a, a worldwide prayer and fasting movement, prayer and fasting. And they called me and they said, we would really like to have a book on prayer and fasting as practical as you can make it, under 100 pages, so people will read it. And uh, so I took one of my former students and we got together and collaborated. And the first half of this book is if you want to if you want to take your prayer life to another level, there are suggestions in here to show you how to do that. If you struggle with your prayer life and are frustrated about not having the kind of prayer life you would really like to have, here's what I would say to you. <laughs> Join the crowd. <laughs> I don't, I don't know one Christian any place who has ever said to me, you know, you know, you know that prayer thing? I, 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 I've got that. I've got that figured out, you know. But, but what we put in the book will give you very concrete suggestions on how to really improve your prayer life. Uh, I think maybe that one of the strongest points of the book is that I've had a number of churches call me in the last year saying, we know a lot about prayer. None of our people know anything about fasting. And would you please write the, the piece on fasting and make it as practical as you possibly can. So in the section on fasting in this book, there is a plan to get started. You start out very slowly and you build, but in time you can cultivate fasting, one of the great spiritual disciplines of the ages, uh, which is one of the most powerful spiritual disciplines practiced in our day and time. And we're asking millions of people all around the world, you know, we're, we're in, we've, we've covered 55 countries in, in Europe, so we've got a good start right there, to join us in a prayer fast movement. Somebody says, well, okay, we know about prayer. How often are we supposed to fast then in this movement? And we say, you know, it's totally between you and the Lord. Once a week, once every other week, twice a month, uh, once a month, three times a year, uh, and all of the information about possible ways of starting to really build fasting into your life is here in this book. And we'd love to make it available to you today. Friends and family discount, folks, just for you, just $6 for that book. Pick, you can pick it up at our table. Uh, thank you so much for the invitation to come and be with you. Thank you for your faithful support. We desperately need your prayers more than anything else. We need your financial help. We're so thankful for you being a partner. And we need you to come to Austria and help us on our work teams, uh, for sure. And you're more than welcome uh, to join us. Let's bow together in prayer. Holy Father, we want to thank you for the Great Commission and for these incredible words by Jesus Christ, challenging us and teaching us and directing us on how we are to serve him in our day and time. I want to thank you, Father, for every man, every woman who's in this audience today, every young person in this church, and just pray for your blessing and strength and guidance and anointing to be here in this congregation. Thank you, Father, for our partnership as we work in Europe and this church is working here as we partner together, Father, uh, to bring the gospel to every, every country on earth. Father, we love you, praise you, and thank you for our partnership today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.